You're listening to the Resilient Owls Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jay. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the pilot. It's our first recap episode. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we discuss this for a bit? Like, no. Recap episode. No. Please I tell her no. Work. Fetch didn't work. Recap episode is coming through. <laughs> it doesn't make... I remember you texted me. He's like, I got a great idea. <laughs> Let's call our uh, episodes that we're going from season one up to like 209 recap episodes. I was like, no, 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 no. That's totally lame. Because each episode, it's a recap. Mm-hmm. We're not going to call it a recap episode. We, we're going to take a poll. <laughs> Email us or something if you say recap episode is a yes. <laughs> I think it's a no. I think it's a no. I am all for recap episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's better than saying... This episode, we're going to recap. No, recap episode. <laughs> recap and you're still episode. saying. We're, we're th- what the, uh, anyway, so it starts off with they're in a house and there's like this husband is duct taped and tied up. And then this the wife is like looking at the husband and there's like a teacup and like all this stuff is going on. And remember the tattoo because there's a tattoo on the killer's arm. <laughs> Oh, I saw that too. I was like, uh, close up, go figure. There's a tattoo on the arm, just like the flat tire with roofing now. It's all important. <laughs> it's all important. But then you have to you have to keep in mind though, this was the first episode, so we weren't quite as onto what was going on as we are now. Yes. And to say that this episode came on at ten o'clock on a Monday night in like two thousand ten, it was pretty dark. Like it was a pretty dark beginning. I was like, What am I watching? <laughs> But it's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, you can air those kinds of episodes. Hm. I'm just saying, it just came... Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Like, it was the first scene, and still, it was implied that there was a rape scene going on. Wait, so they were implying that this episode there was a rape scene? The pilot? Yeah. Hmm. It's in the beginning, like, he rips off our clothes, and then it's... So you kind of... Oh, in the video... Okay. Because that's the Hoyt's MO. It's like... Yeah. Okay, I, I get what you mean then, yeah. Yeah, so it was really dark. And then it cuts to Angela's and Frank's house. <laughs> and yeah. Frankie and Jan are playing basketball. Yeah. So when they were playing basketball and I was like, oh, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my God, he was uncharmed. He played Paige's boyfriend for like that one or two episodes. Like, Before he was a bad guy, wasn't he? No, he was human. And oh. then they changed him into a bad guy and then became human again and. He couldn't take it and he just left. Like, this was like the first episode page was ever even introduced. I don't know how I remember that, but I, I do. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, look at him. And he looks exactly the same. Like, he's like, he's in his late 30s and he looks like he's in his 20s. It's, it's crazy. Is he really in his late 30s? Yes, he's like 38. Holy cow. He looks great. He's young. <laughs> Yes. Angie Harmon can't play basketball or something because they did a lot of cutaways. They never actually showed her like dribbling the ball and shooting the ball. (laughs) And then when Frankie goes up for that layup or whatever he was trying to do and the the whole elbow to the nose thing was so bad. He doesn't even get close. She he like turns around and she's like grabbing her nose. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, so it was definitely fake. Yeah, that was, but it was, it was really, it was the first time you see Jane Rizzoli and Frankie, and I was, and it's just, 
you can tell just right that first scene, like how their relationship is going to be for the rest of the series. And it's so true. (laughs) I really liked how they started it, though. Right off the bat, we get to see them, the whole family dynamic. And then I immediately fell head over heels for Angela. She was she cracked me up because they go to the kitchen and it's Sunday dinner, which they have every Sunday, apparently. And that's the first time we meet Angela. And the last time they have Sunday dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really, because I no, guess there's they had the Mars. with Donnie where they have dinner again or something like that. Yeah, and then also they, I guess they do it at Mars Place now, so. Spoiler alert, that's season two. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a joke where she's like, oh, no, not my my clean towels. And like, because uh, Jane's nose is bleeding and uh, I'm just like, don't rough house with him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> She tells him she knows better than to roughhouse with him. Angela tells there's some bird that's keep calling Jane. <laughs> yeah, a bird keeps calling. <laughs> and she's like, Crow? <laughs> Detective Crow? So she gets a phone call for the crime scene that we saw in the beginning. Angela's like, you know, you should dress up a little bit. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. And Jane's like, yeah, all the people I meet are pretty much dead. <laughs> Yeah, Mom, we meet a lot of guys at at work. They're all dead. So we head through the crime scene. We have this nice, like, I don't know if it's Mercedes or something, or Benz or something, like, pulls up. And we meet Mara Isles. Oh, my God. Dr. Mara Isles. Yes. She steps out with her stilettos, (laughs) her suit jacket over her dress. I was like, she's my favorite. (laughs) It's already... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, immediately this reporter runs up and is like, she shows up wearing this Louis Vuitton dress with a jacket and heels. <laughs> Doing a fashion montage of Dr. Mara Isles. No, really. She's like, so Dr. Isles, that's the coroner. Because reporters commonly flock to the coroner and they know who they are immediately. <laughs> anyway. Right, exactly. So so we meet her and then the she she's like I'll give you your statement afterwards, and then Detective Crow says that they call Doctor Isles Queen of the Dead. Which I was just when he said that the first time I watched it, I'm like, really, Queen of the Dead? Okay, <laughs> was like that's kind of lame and really bad writing. But all right, I heard that that's what they call her in the books, though. Do they? Spoiler. Well, it was, it was put in no, I you know what. If it's in the books, I'm sure it's put in the books nicely. But the way it was written in this episode, in hindsight, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, Janet, you could have done it a little bit more subtly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So then uh, Jane hears that. She gets all defensive and mad at Crow. (laughs) (laughs) The Doberman comes out. Yes, the Doberman comes out. And so she's like, where's Frost? And you see, we meet Frost. Barry, Detective Barry Frost for the first time, and he's puking his guts out. (laughs) That part, oh god, so cracks me up. Uh, Because he was in the robbery unit, and now he's in homicide, and apparently dead bodies just can't handle it. And then he he makes an excuse like, yeah, something I ate has nothing to do with the bodies in the house. I'm like, sure, sure. But I remember the first time I I saw um, Frost on screen, I was like, oh my god, that's the famous Jeff Jackson. The famous Jet Jackson? Mm-mm. Seriously? Ser- it sounds familiar, but I'm not placing it. Disney Channel? I might have watched it. I just don't remember. The famous Jet Jackson? Mm-mm. Yes, he played... What the, was it about? Like, he was this kid, and he... 
was about he was like a an agent or a spy or something like an undercover it was like that other movie it was like cody banks but like black <laughs> yeah depending on how long ago i might have been out of my disney phase at that point i'm not sure or it might have been during the time when my mom refused to get cable <laughs> so <laughs> that could have been that possible too. yeah but anyway i was like really like oh my god he looks exactly the same but an adult <laughs> so then um they go up to the cop and no before that frost mentions jane's hands that's important oh yeah he's like are they hurting you and she's her response is it's gonna rain <laughs> <laughs> okay so we head inside the house and we meet Corsac for the first time. There's going to be a lot of like, we made this person. <laughs> so apparently he was on vacation and this crime scene, he had to come back for this crime scene. That's also foreshadowment there. Yeah, which shows that this is a significant crime scene for him to be coming off vacation early. Right. So then they head to the crime scene. We see the dead husband. Um, so tied up with this, his neck was uh, slit open. And we have our first, ladies and gentlemen, our first Jane and Mora scene ever. <laughs> Which immediately Mora does a double take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but she does a double. She looks and then looks again. And then she's like, hairline fracture right above the third metacarpal. <laughs> Whatever. And I'm just like. Uh-huh, that's what that double take was about, sure. <laughs> Head covered up with your medical jargon. <laughs> yes, that's and then that's the first time she also mentions her little Wikipedia. Uh, but yes, so apparently she notices that Jane bro- broke her nose. And uh, she's like, can you do something safe like yoga? Re- <laughs> remember that, ladies and gentlemen, yoga. That comes in play <laughs> in other episodes to come. Future episode. Uh, yes. So then we get our first touch. Oh, oh yeah. And they touch. She 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 fixes Jane's nose, and then you can hear like a popping sound. Oh yeah, that that was gross. And Jane's Jane like, is freaking tough. It, to have your because I mean, isn't essentially isn't that a second break to put it back in place? I guess that, yeah. Gotta hurt like a bitch. <laughs> right, and she's like, oh, it hurts, but I'm totally fine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, all the stories we hear about Jane—that's probably like that's probably like a hangnail. Like that she doesn't. <laughs> She's had her nose broken. So they're looking out through the um, crime scene and they're noting some clues. And then we get a flashback of Jane getting attacked. And then it goes back to the crime scene. So we yeah. always see is like Hands her going down. Yeah, her going down the stairs and then like someone whacks her in the board with the board. And then it goes back to the crime scene. And so. They think it's Hoyt, Troy, Charles Hoyt, and Mara gets. She looks at Corsac and she gets all mad. She's like, "Why didn't warn Jane that Hoyt could be back?" And, Which okay, this kind of made me a little confused because uh, in the was it not the last episode, but the episode before that, when we found out about you know how long she's been there, how does she know about Hoyt if she wasn't there for the initial like? things that took place do you think she just heard about it what how does she know about what took place with jane i don't here's the thing is like we don't necessarily know how long hoyt has been in prison i'm guessing for a few months that's what i'm thinking i'm guessing like not even a year maybe six months or like something tops okay 
and like there were already but then you have to also think like how long did it take Jane hands to heal so I don't know uh, yeah because she, she would have had to have gone through like uh, physical therapy and everything right so maybe at this moment it'd be like what just shy of a year maybe yeah the, the, that she's known Jane okay and what she confided in Mara about what took place between her and Hoyt or yeah maybe the first time they met was when Jane came back from like therapy or something mm, okay I just kind of wish they'd clarify that because you you know starting back from the beginning I, I it just leaves questions about how does she know about what took place between her or between Jane and Hoyt and you know all that stuff right yeah come on writers clean it up a little bit <laughs> Please, uh, maybe, maybe they will mm. in season three. Like, maybe they'll, I don't know, but Hoyt's... Well, they, you know, they are focusing on Mora now, so... <laughs> right. So, after that, Corsax says um, he didn't know or whatever. And then <sighs> we meet Dean for the very first time. Oh, Which, my God. Again, seeing how Dean is now, as opposed to Dean then, Dean is a train wreck now. His hair is all gang, you know, gross and stringy, and he looks all unhealthy. Compared to this episode, he actually looks okay. I was like, what happened to the clean cut, Dean? You know, he's a little bit more bearable than this Dean. Yeah, like, this Dean in the pilot looks like he actually showered. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And he might have, you know, might be wearing clean clothes for a change. And clean underwear. Like, it's just... (laughs) He looked like he, he had a job. He wasn't out on the streets. He was actually an FBI agent. Hmm. Hmm. Like, he, he actually looked clean cut or something. Still no personality, but... <laughs> well, you know. At least he was clean. In the yeah. Hygienic. Exactly. So, Jane doesn't like him from the beginning. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so weird to watch it, like, to watch, the, like, the old episodes and think, yeah, they had sex. <laughs> like it's oh uh, uh, it's weird Ugh. anyway so she doesn't like dean and mara does this little like look like she's looking at jane like ooh, he's kind of hot or like whatever and try to flirt and jane's like what the f- what the fuck are you doing like she's like looking at mara like what are you doing you know and dean's like i'm just doing my job and they're talking about taking the body back to the morgue mara turns to dean is like come if you like and then it walks away. <laughs> My initial reaction after rewatching this is, really, Mara? What What are you doing? You're hitting on Jane? You're trying to use Dean as your beard? What's going on? So many mixed messages. <laughs> yeah, she does. Does She's like, you can always. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that. And um, it sort of reminds me of, like, the finale where he's like, oh, read the card and then walks away. <laughs> They both just walk away. Uh, maybe that's their... And Jane still had that look like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Ew. Gross. <laughs> so, after the crime scene, they go to the prison to interrogate Hoyt. So we meet Hoyt for the first time. And it was bittersweet, because I, I know he's a bad guy, and he's trying to kill Jane and all that, but I miss him. Like, I totally, totally miss him. Uh, Well, I didn't miss him, but... I was again admiring his acting skills. I, because I'm a big comic book junkie, and 
watching Hoy and watching how he is and what his character is like, for me, if I had to relate him to a comic book character, it would be the Joker. He would be a perfect incarnation of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's just <laughs> my nerd is showing. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's like, I wish they wouldn't have, like, got rid of him so fast. I would just... I don't, uh, I don't know, because we never get scenes like this no more. It was a re- this is a really good scene, but anyway. Yeah. He's so- such a creeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's where you start the hating. <laughs> loving, simultaneously. <laughs> it's like, I hate you, but I love you. You're so good. I know. I love to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so then Hoyt's saying, I smell um, lavender and fear. Because apparently that's what Jane smells like, lavender and fear. Which, no, Jane, to me, would have, like, a musky smell. <laughs> no, not a musky. That's not the right word. <laughs> she would smell like she does not wear deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, like, there's, um, oh, fuck, what word? Is, what's the word? Uh, is it musky? Is it musk? It's disgusting. No, there's a type of perfume scent that it's not a flowery scent. It's kind of like a, a woodsy heavier smell i don't know how to describe it because you know like flowery smells are like light and sickeningly sweet yeah that's not how jane that's not what jane would wear that's just me is it musky no maybe it's well because i know there's a perfume uh, brand or something called musk anyway <laughs> yeah i mean considering she doesn't shave i wouldn't think she'd put on <laughs> lavender uh, i know i'm just i'm i'm putting that out of my mind and just taking it that she it was winter time which is okay i get that but like uh anyway um moving right along uh so jane um and hoyt are talking and jane says wants to know who's the apprentice that hoyt has trained to kill you know these people and she says the title of the episode which was see one teach one do one and i was like ah title like, like, that the it's like when you read a book, you're like, oh, there's the title of the book, and oh, it's just great. Okay, so <laughs> we it's revealed that Hoyt got kicked out of med school because he was uh, having a little fun with a corpse. Oh, God. He was groping a corpse, or fondling a corpse, I should say. Yeah. And so he's, like, trying to avoid the subject. He's talking about he wants to see Jane's hands, and, you know, can she play the piano again? Which... Which- caught my attention jane pate played the piano do they ever reference that at any point later in the show i don't remember it no why not you know how awesome that would be just that would be fantastic just to see her like play something that would be even more hot that's like already hot hotness exactly like her playing something and then like mar just walks on by and like Jane teaches Mar how to play. Oh my god, like the Oh, wet... fantasy episode. Yes. Like the wet dreams are now happening. <laughs> <laughs> like Mar sitting on Jane's lap and they're like touching each other's fingers and she's teaching her how to play like Beethoven or something. Beethoven. No, Chopin. <laughs> yes. Come on, Janet. Like make that happen. You have no idea how many people will faint or die. Like it would just be amazing. Angie Harmon and uh, Sasha could just do it on their own. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone tweet them. <laughs> <laughs> they have a side project while the show was on hiatus. Like, be like, Angie, find a piano. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not asking for graphics. No, no, just Angie Harmon playing the piano with Sasha Alexander sitting there looking amazing as ever. That's all I'm asking for. 
I don't even I don't even think any of them know how to play, but that's <laughs> fine. They can pretend. Come on, just no camera pans on the hands. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Pretend. It'd be awesome. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, He's back. an actor. Act. Exactly. Act. <laughs> if you can pretend to kiss, you can pretend to play the piano. So it goes to a flashback. And you see that there's a scalpel in Jane's hand. So now you figure out, okay, this is why her hands are bothering her. And Jane goes on saying she wants to kill Hoyt. <laughs> Wait to episode 210. Anyway, <laughs> so Hoyt's still not cooperating. So he leaves. And before he leaves, he asks Jane, does she, does she dream about him? And so Jane says that he does. And Hoyt's like, would you dream about me as your lover? And then, like, Frost gets up all protective, and he's like, all right, you son of a bitch. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, I really, you know, I found that interesting that they made Frost and Jane so close already when they were supposedly, they hadn't been partners for very long. There's a lot of inconsistencies, like a lot of back and forth. And then, on top of that, I didn't understand why Jane kept indulging him. He's just, he's constantly baiting her. He's not giving her any information about the case. But she still indulges his sick desire to fuck with her mind. You know, like, she shows him her hands. She tells him, you know, that they hurt and that she dreams about him and all this stuff. And to me, that would be the last thing that you would want to give a psychopath like that. That just gives him more ammo. I think the whole thing is just to show that how sick Hoyt is, that he can get inside your head. Because that's how he gets all these apprentices, you know? And I guess her being attacked by, like, Hoyt sort of affected her to the point where she's in his, like, sick little game. Like, every time Hoyt's on an episode, because it's not the first, like, that's, this is not the last time, Jane's always said, don't listen to her. Like, he's, he's trying to get into your head. He's trying to get into your head. And I think that's the whole issue. Mm, okay. But the bad thing is, it's like, we don't know that until we watch the other episodes. And this is, like, the first episode, so we just gotta like, go for it, I guess. Okay. Okay, so a phone call, another phone call from the phone of death. So apparently they found the wife. So Jane and Frost pulls up to the scene, and then Frost leaves, and she's like, I'm going to be up, I'm going to be there. And then Jane puts on lipstick for Dean. Mm. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Ugh, creepy, creepy Dean. Which, okay, make keep this in mind. Jane puts on lipstick for Dean, which means that she's trying to impress Dean or attract Dean in some way. And just keep this in mind with what happens next. So go ahead, continue. So Dean's there, and I'm looking at the body. And I find that the body is, like, laid down. Looks like someone was trying to revisit it or something. And after that, we head to the morgue. And it's Jane, Mara, and Corsac are all there. And Corsac is teasing Frost because of Frost keeps puking. Because Frost is not at the morgue, of course. <laughs> Poor Frost. And Jane's like, you know, let it go. Just, like, stop teasing Frost. So then Dean shows up again, and he suggests to do this, um, I guess, like, a rape thing or something? Yeah, what do you say, a wet work or something like that? It's basically a post-mortem rape kit. Right. And so Jane is suspicious. Like, why would you want to do that? So Jane is getting suspicious of Dean, because how would Dean know all this information? Like, this whole episode, it just makes it seem like Dean knows... Every time he's on the show, you're just like, something is not right with this dude. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that again. 
when you said that you think he's a dirty cop and they kept you know having him withhold information and it just made him seem like he could have totally been a dirty FBI agent. It's like every single time I'm like, what are you hiding? What is your deal, dude? So they find out that, yeah, the dude, the killer definitely had sex with the dead body. Oh, my God, that's totally gross. Mm-hmm. So Dean walks out. Okay. Before that, though, Jane is immediately just like, how do you know this? What are you keeping from us? And she is just like verbally beating Dean up, which cracked me up because she put the lipstick on to impress Dean in some way. And then since then, she's done nothing but be mean to him. Jane was the kid on the playground that hit you when she liked you. (laughs) Yes. And if that is true, that explains she must really love Mara because... God, the stuff she says tomorrow. I'm like, oh, that's funny, but that's kind of low. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so we head to the prison, and we see Hoyt uh, swallowing a pill, which causes him to collapse. Then we head to the morgue again, and Mara and Jane is there, and Jane hands Mara this, like, tuna salad thing for lunch. Tuna in the can. Yeah, tuna in the can. Tuna salad in the can. <laughs> It's the pre-made ones that come with cracker. They're actually not bad. I like those brand. I saw. I remember after seeing that episode, and I remember going to the store and seeing it. And I was like, "Oh, that was on the show. It's so great!" I never tried it. So, anyway, so Dean walks in, and he's like, "You guys eating cat food?" <laughs> <laughs> and Jane, being the smartass that she is at heart, is like, "Yes, we are eating cat food. Want some?" <laughs> and he's like, "No." And she's like, oh, it must be a chick thing. (laughs) And she says it in the most self-deprecating way. Oh, it must be a chick thing. (laughs) And I like how she smiles and then Mara smiles with her. I know. (laughs) Which is so cute. I just, it was just so cute. Like their first little time we see them eating together. And like Jane already knows, like, I already got this part of it. So you just eat her. (laughs) So there you know. So then um, Dean's like tells Jane that Hoyt escaped from prison and then we see a video of Hoyt um at this having surgery and then he gets up gets out and then he he, like cuts his hands to send Jane a message like hey I'm coming after you then we head to Jane's place and we have Frost and Frankie there protecting trying to protect Jane Jane's like just get away like I could take care of myself I'm a cop yeah (laughs) So they leave, but they're going to be outside. So it's like, they're outside. And so Jane is vacuuming, and then she gets a knock, and then it's her neighbor, na- her neighbor Marissa, which is the first and last time we ever see her. I know. She's a cute neighbor. They bring her in for like a 30-second clip, and that's it. I didn't get it. I mean, what was the point of introducing the neighbor other than to say, well, you only vacuum when it's a hard case. Okay, we get it. It's a stressful case. The guy is trying to kill her. <laughs> we kind of understood that part. I Well, there's a reason why, but that's toward the end. So I'll save that toward the end. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, just still, they could have done it some other way. Yeah, they could have. So, yeah, she, Marissa's at law school, and, yeah. So, it's kind of sad. I want to see Marissa again. Like, does she still live there? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're going way too much into it. And then Angela shows up, and... <laughs> This part was my favorite Angela part. Yeah, so she shows up, and then 
Jane's like, really? You you're out there? Did you did you bring dad and the dog? And I was like, they have a dog? <laughs> Since when did they have a dog? Which mm-hmm. we never see. I guess the dog is with the dad now because we never saw that dog. Unless the dog died. I don't know. Yeah, they never referenced the dog after that episode. No piano. Which, no which, Marissa, no dog. <laughs> if they, Why would they have a dog if Jane kept saying throughout the entire first half of the episode that she's allergic? No, she's saying that because Corsac keeps bringing animals and she hates that. Yeah, but she also started sneezing in the car. No, she did that on purpose. Was that a fake sneeze? I it thought was a fake was sneeze. sneeze. No, it was a fake sneeze. Oh, she fooled me. So Angela goes on and on about she's worried since, you know, Jane and Frankie is a cop and all this. And Jane just gets annoyed. She's like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> and just leaves. She leaves her own place. Wait, wait. Oh, no, you totally skipped the part. my favorite Angela part. Go ahead. No, when Angela first... When Jane opens the door and first sees that it's Angela, Angela takes one look at her and is like, that lipstick doesn't flatter you. It's too pink, babe. And then walks right past her. (laughs) And was like, zing, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Like she knows something's up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So after Jane leaves, we go to Mars Ode House, the one before she moved into a different one in season two. And... It's the first thing Jane says is like, why do you always look like you're about to do a photo shoot <laughs> when she sees Mara? Yes, because Mara is always in a photo shoot. <laughs> exactly. So this is the first time Jane is at Mara's place, obviously, because we meet Bass <laughs> for the first time. Oh, my God. Bass the tortoise, not a turtle, and is named after William Bass, <laughs> who loves and this tortoise bass loves british strawberries which what's the difference between a british strawberry and a regular strawberry i don't understand are they imported from england or something yeah i guess a british one you know prefers tea than coffee and has an accent <laughs> god oh. i don't know um <laughs> anyway but no this this scene i remember watching it the first time and being a little a slightly confused because throughout the first part of the episode, they didn't really... Yes, I saw that they had a friendship, but I didn't realize how close the friendship was until she showed up at the house. And I was just like, oh, okay. They didn't really give us much backstory on this friendship. All of a sudden, they're actually pretty close friends. So it kind of threw me off. I remember the very first time I watched it. There, I think there should have been scenes in between. Before, like, I think Jane probably called Mars like, hey. You know, everyone's bothering me at my place. Can I just crash at your place or whatever? Which, I mean, you have to, like, get to know a person a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, because that was my initial reaction. For you to just show up at somebody's house to, and you would have to be pretty close to them. Because there, there's there's friends that I even have right now that I wouldn't just, like, show up. <laughs> like, hey, can I spend the night? <laughs> oh. How you doing? <laughs> Is that so, your tortoise? Or tortoise? Yeah, that just, that's just what I thought. I mean... They, ha- they would have already had to have a close relationship for her to do that. But, yeah, and at the same time, that's Jane's first time, too, because she never met the tortoise. And I like how I like how Mars like, here's some wine. I'm going to get you drunk, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, they end up in bed later. Booty call. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so they head to the guest bedroom, and uh, Jane asks Mara how long a person can uh, go without sleep. Ed Mar just goes on and on about how long it should be, and and day two would be like this, and day three, and Jane's like, "Wow, you're you're like Wikipedia." <laughs> Mar's like, "No, <laughs> Wikipedia actually isn't that very 
that well reviewed. <laughs> She's like, I am not like Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I, how dare you say that? So yeah. then the doorbell rings and Mara leaves. And she closes the door. She's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane peeks at yep. Agent Dean mm-hmm. giving Mara some files and whatnot. But I will say, I would give give Mara props. She's pretty pretty quick to dismiss him. She's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've got somebody over already. Just, just go home. Yeah, because if you got someone over, it'd be kind of like, you can't really date or something. I mean, she, she dressed up for the reason so Dean can stay, but I think it was more like, this is what I think it was more like. I think she wanted Dean to stay, but Dean didn't want to stay. But there was like a moment where he actually looks in the house. Like he's looking for someone. Did you just catch that? Mm -mm. Yes, when he's at the door, he's looking around like he's looking for someone. Like for someone else. And I think he was looking for Jane. Because most obviously Jane's car was probably parked outside or something. Oh, you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. So like... Mars like talking to him and he's not even looking at Mars. He's like looking all around the house and then he's like whatever and then he just leaves. <laughs> Once again, he's creepy. I don't know what this dead dude <sighs> he's just creepy. So Well, at the same time you could say that he is, you know, he was a, in the military, he was an FBI agent. He is just going to be naturally observant from his job as well. I guess, but he's still creepy. Like I I still think he's <laughs> creepy. So then Mara heads goes back to the uh, guest room. <laughs> And, and probably climbs in the bed with Jane. <laughs> yes. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the first bed scene that ever happened. On the in the pilot episode. The pilot episode. <laughs> and the famous quote that people will say from years on, like we'll be a hundred years old and be like, remember Rosalie and Alice and Jane said <laughs> this quote? So after Mara climbs in, Jane says are we having a sleepover or is this your way telling or is this is your way telling me tell me that you're attracted to me? Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I And the subtext begins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also Mara doesn't answer the question. I and... know. I was just going to say that too. She just gives her this look. <laughs> she just laughs like <laughs> Oh, if you only knew. <laughs> like... If you only knew what was to come. So then Jane, because they're so, by the way, they're still in bed together. Jane <laughs> is <laughs> saying, like, so that was Dean, and Mars like, yeah, I'm helping him with another case. And they're going on, and on about, well, who should date Dean, or you know, whatever. And Jane's like, have you ever, have you ever dated the same guy as your best friend? Which once again, it's like, so are they best friends or their colleagues or their workers? What are they? <laughs> yeah. And then. Mara kept saying no. Apparently, she knows how to say no. So she kept saying no, 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 no. And Jane asked, you would tell me if you're a cyborg, right? And um, Mara's like, no, I don't think I would. (laughs) That part cracked me up. So they go, they talk about Dean some more. And Jane suggests that maybe they should just show him his tits. And that's how he decides which one to date. There you go. (laughs) Right. So then we hear this noise. And apparently it was Bass. Jane thought it was Hoyt. And um, Jane says she's really, really scared. She's never been so scared in her whole life. Which, aww. I don't know. Jane always makes me go, aww. (laughs) So after they had makeup sex, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort sex, no, that would have been comfort sex. Yeah, comfort sex all night long. No, that did not happen. And if it did, we didn't see it. Anyway. I just choose to believe we just didn't see it. (laughs) Which I'm okay, you know, more to the imagination. Exactly. (laughs) 
So, oh, did you read the um, original copy of the pilot? No. <gasps> Dude, they had a scene, like a morning after scene. A morning after scene? I kid you not. It had a morning after scene. There is a, there is the pilot, the original pilot. It was actually called Rizzoli. It was not called Rizzoli Niles. It was just Rizzoli. Hmm. And there's a lot of things. It's a really long script, and there's a lot of things that got cut out. Um, a lot of characters that got cut out. And then there are some things that sort of, like, one character in particular sort of is, like, what Mara is now. Like, Mara was not the same Mara in the... It's kind of complicated to explain, but it's out there, and I totally... Well, I did have it, but I will find it again, because my... That's right, my hard drive is wiped out clean. But I've read it so many times, and there's so much subtext in it. It's ridiculous. And there is a morning after scene where Jane wakes up, and she realizes that she's not at her house. Like, she wakes up, and she's like, what is going on? And she looks, and she realizes she's, like, in Moore's room. <laughs> and she quietly sneaks out of the room while Moore's sleeping. <laughs> I wish they would have kept that, but, I mean... There's so much time you have, but yeah, it, it has like so much information, like, you know, Mar and them at the bar, there was like a, the dirty robber, which that did not happen. There was another scene where the ending was different. Um, it wasn't supposed to end with them going out. It was supposed to end another way. And there's a lot of things. I will find it for you. But if you are listening to this, you need to read it. It's just like, it's crazy. I was like, this is, this is the gayest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Like they should have made out or something. Okay, so we had next scene. We head to the headquarters and we see Jane and she passed by Crow and and Crow makes it's some joke. Yeah, he says, "Damn, Rizzoli, you look like you slept under an overpass." And she's like, "How are you still single?" <laughs> I remember that because while all the commercials were going on, that was the like the one quote in every single commercial that cracked me up. Yeah, that was dope. Which is actually probably probably why I started watching it. <laughs> you sure it wasn't Angie Harmon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was Angie Harmon as well, but I knew it. It made me laugh, and if 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 it can make me laugh, then I'm usually a fan. <laughs> so then Jane goes to Corsac and hands him coffee, and tells him to stop. You know, with this Frost thing, this argument and being jealous of Frost. And Corsac, you know, still doesn't understand why, you know, Jane has a new partner. And um, then they start arguing over coffee, which is like, you take two, two sugars since when? I take three. Like, they over <laughs> And then Corsac actually apologized to Jane about not warning about the crime scene. He should have warned her that this was a, Ho- a Hoyt situation because he's still kind of mad at Jane that Jane switched partners. Mm-hmm. So then... Jane gets a phone call, <laughs> and of course it's a crime scene. She would never get a phone call like, hey, how you doing? You're going to go out? No, it's always a crime scene. So <laughs> they go to another place, and it's Jane and Mara, and they look over a body, and it was another It was another guy, so they haven't found the wife yet. And while this is going on, Frost tells Jane that she's got a package. So Jane and Mara goes outside, and Jane gets these flowers from Hoyt. And then they head back to the headquarters, and they're trying to figure out, because at the, at the bottom of the card was, like, this name anagram. And they're trying to figure out who's the person's name. And so, Jane's on the computer. She's like, Ted Bundy. <laughs> and Mara's like, no, that's five letters too short. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, 
she's like, okay, Theodore Bundy. <laughs> and so they're trying to figure out who did it. And Jane gets a phone call from Frost. And they go to another crime scene because they found the wife. And they're walking around. And then Frost was saying, I can't, how did this guy find this body? And then Mara goes on about Native, yeah, Native American arrowhead in the tribe last indigenous to the area. <laughs> she basically Wikipedia barfs all over the place. Yeah. And Frost <laughs> is like, what? And then I think even Jane says, she's better than Wikipedia. <laughs> says it. She's like, she's better than Wikipedia. So Jane's like, just, just let it go. So Mara's going toward the body, and Jane's like, you're going to hate me for this, but I want to leave the body there so we can, like, check if the killer would come back to the body. Mara doesn't want to do that because she's like, every time, every minute goes by, evidence... They yeah, have the, em- the evidence gets destroyed. Right. So they have this whole argument, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Jane's like, just do this for me. And Mara's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> but my favorite part is when Jane's like, she says, if we take this body, it will be like, she's dead and they killed her. Like, <laughs> my favorite quote from Jane. Like, we already know that. <laughs> so after that. Yeah, Mari concedes to leave the body where it's at. So it's nighttime and they course that car. And Jane's like, I smell something bad. Like, I smell something bad. Is there an animal here? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, something just like me. <laughs> And then, of course, like, oh, it's just Joe Friday. And we meet Joe Friday! I love that we meet meet both Bass and Joe Friday in this episode. And so Jane keeps calling Joe Friday a boy. And he's like, no, it's a girl. And she's like, Joe Friday? It's like, short for Josephine. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane, like, turns her away and forces herself to sneeze. And she's like, of course, like, you just sneeze. And she's like, yeah, I know. I told you I'm allergic. <laughs> And um, so Corsac leaves because he has to pee. And, she, she, and Jane's like, you can't leave him here with this dog. Don't leave him here with this dog. And then you see, like, Joe, he was, uh, she was so cute. Like, she's just in the seat and just, like, barking and just staring at Jane. Like, I, you're going to be my new owner. Like, it was just <laughs> so cute. So- well, Joe Friday is adorable anyway. I know. But, and then at the same time, though, Corsac... <sighs> I'm like, what the hell is he doing? He's going for a piss and a hike? What the fuck? He was like halfway through the woods <laughs> when when she found him. True, true. And it's funny because Jane says, later that same day. Damn it. Where are you? So uh, so she goes and looks for Corsac. And then you see this guy like towards the, in front of her. She chases after the guy. And it was Dean. I tell you, I do not like this dude. Every, I, every single time, I'm like, oh, there you go. Well, he always, he just gets in the way. He's always there. God, he's so annoying. So anyway, they find Corsac and he was injured. Apparently the killer slashed his throat. But don't worry, he survives. So we head to the morgue. Jane walks in with Joe Friday. <laughs> and I love her reaction. She's like, what? You have a turtle. <laughs> or it's like, tortoise. Whatever. <laughs> so we find out the reason why Dean was there is because Mara told Dean where... Jane and Corsac and Frost was. And Jane is going on on, like, she's embarrassed that she tackled an FBI agent. Like a linebacker. <laughs> it was professional. So then they go on and Mara's saying, you know, Joe Friday smells bad. Can you just give her a bath or something? So the two mommies give their good their bath. Then, oh, Mara says Jane is brave. And then Jane's like, no, she's not. She, Jane doesn't believe she's brave. She's just tired of being scared. 
So then we go to Jane's place, and Dean shows up again. I'm just mm. really, I really do not. Anyway, Dean shows up again, and Jane apologizes for tackling Dean, and they start talking about Hoyt and how Jane got into this whole situation. So that's when we get our another flashback, and we see Jane is like terrified. She's shaking. She has like scalpels in her hands, and Hoyt's like ho- like over her, and then all of a sudden like Corsac comes in and shoots Hoyt. And then we go back to the present time. And Dean's like, well, I can stay. And Jane declined. We head to the headquarters. Then it was Mara's turn. Mara gives Jane coffee. And <laughs> I missed this, but apparently Jane used to have ringtones. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't anymore. It, it's on vibrate, isn't it? No? Yeah, I don't blame her. Mine's on vibrate, too. So <laughs> I used to have ringtones for everybody. And I was like, oh, screw this. I'm just going to put it on vibrate. So Angela keeps calling because she gets... Angela has this unique uh, ringtone. And so Mara's like, what's my ringtone? <laughs> and it's like, dun, 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 dun. I think it's like the funeral march or the mm-hmm. dead march or something like that. Yeah, funeral march. And, and Mara's like, nice and upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Which was cute. And so they started talking about their childhood. And uh, Mara keeps saying, you know, Angela, you know, loves you. And Jane's like, yeah, she just wants me to come home and sleep in my pink canopy bed. <laughs> and Mara's like, I've always wanted a gig a big canopy bed. And, and she's like, well, I wanted a horse. Yes, at which she always wanted Walter, the horse. So she, and Jane's like, you didn't want to dissect people when you were a kid, right? <laughs> and she's like, okay, I won't then. <laughs> yeah, the way she's like, okay, I won't. So then Mara reveals like she has to go to this forensic lab in Quantico. And there's a connection between those two cases. And Jane's like, okay, tell me what's going on. And she's like, I can't. And then Jane gets upset. And there's like this moment where Mara looks like at Jane all sad. Like she really wants to tell her, but she can't tell her. Because she probably had to sign that damn form. (laughs) Exactly. Which, by the way, it was like deja vu. Is anybody remembering the Tommy episode? So Jane gets upset. And she leaves. And Mara's like, Jane, Jane, where are you going? (laughs) Jane. Which was so cute. So then they head to the FBI head- headquarters. Dean's there again. And Jane's like, I need to know. She wants to know everything, what's going on. And so we meet the senator. Dean is talking about the details. That apparently this apprentice is a, so- a soldier who works for the CIA. Jane thinks that Hoyt and this apprentice met in medical camp. So Dean's like, they're going to look at it. And then Dean asks Jane out. <laughs> <laughs> How many times does he ask her out in this episode and she just turns him down? Every time. Every time. So just when this happens, what a coinkening. Mara calls. <laughs> to save Jane from her beard. Yeah. I see a pattern going on here every time. Because <laughs> Mara calls. And apparently Hoyt and the soldier, because we don't know his name, broke into Jane's apartment. And I like how Jane's like, why are you in my place? <laughs> I know. She never answers that either. Well, I mean, I'm guessing they broke into something. Maybe Marissa or something said something. They broke into it. And it's a crime scene. So, yeah, But why would Marissa call Mara? She would call Jane. I would imagine Jane's her neighbor. She would have Jane's phone number to call her. She'd probably just call the cops. Or it probably was Marissa. It could have been anyone. But then I was thinking, like, why would Mara be in the apartment? There's no dead body. Unless... Mara did call and why she was you see it always like goes back to why she was still at the apartment 
I think she was dropping by to check on Jane to make sure she wasn't hanging out with Dean. I don't know. So then we head to, it's outside Jane's place, and Dean calls Jane, says they found the guy. His name is John Stark. While this is going on, Jane leaves her car, and the coroner guy tells Jane that Mara wants Jane to identify the body, which could be her neighbor. (sighs) Jane is so stupid. So Jane, <laughs> I was like, this whole time, I'm like, don't fall for it. So yeah, that that whole part, I was like, I was thinking to myself, Jane would not have done that. She would have noticed there was something up. And yeah, I was I was just kind of frustrated with that whole scene. And then the bad thing about it, she goes in the van. <laughs> like I was just watching this. I was like, why are you go? Like, she actually opened, like, the dude opens the door. She goes, in the van, and unzips it. And I was like, yeah, you're really dumb. And, of course, it was a trick, and it was Hoyt. Mm-hmm. I was like, duh. It's like, you're a detective? Jeez. So then, <laughs> Jane gets kidnapped. And while this is happening, Mara's, like, she's outside Jane's apartment, and she's, like, looking for Jane. Like, I could have sworn Jane just called me and said she was five minutes away. What's going on? So, we head to the van. They're in this forest it could be like college campus where they <laughs> with the christmas trees anyway so then this forest jane's all tied up with duct tape and hoyt's saying told jane that her heart rules her head or something and that he wants to finish what he started so then he cuts a little bit of jane's neck would not be the the last time and while this is going on um john tells hoyt to look at something and so jane is in the van and she's looking everywhere to try to figure out how to untape herself that makes sense (laughs) and she finds a flare and so when she's doing that hoy comes back and notices like smoke coming from jane and then jane and attacks hoyt with the flare his face is burned and then jane takes hoyt's taser and tasered him while this is going on john shows up and they start fighting over the gun. And then Jane tases John. Solely reminds me of the episode in season two. And then <laughs> Jane wins and kills John. Okay. So Jane finds the scalpel, unties herself, and then she gets the gun from Hoyt and then shoots Hoyt's hands and say, we match. When I saw this, I was like, that is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I was like, there is no way she would have done that and gotten away with it. And then he, like, holds it up, like, and starts laughing, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On top of that, when she shot him, there was, like, absolutely no reaction from Hoyt. You would have been screaming. You just got shot through both of your hands. That would hurt like a bitch. I have no doubt. Right. Yeah, I just, I wasn't really a big fan of this episode. Anyway, so. No, there was a lot of flaws in this episode. Oh. Writing, not that great. Right. But... Thank God for the other two. <laughs> they passed my three... Three episode mark. Anyway, <laughs> so the police and the EMT and all them shows up. They arrive to where Hoyt was, and and so Dean's there, and they start talking about John and how it sick, sickens them that he was a soldier and fought for our country. And so after that, Dean acts acts Jane out again, <laughs> and she turns him down again. Yeah, I love this though. No. She turns him down to say that she's tired and she wants to go home. But when her and Mara go back to her apartment, or when, no, when she goes back to her apartment and sees the mess, and then Mara magically shows up, she she's not so tired anymore. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's just this whole time Dean is like, even in this episode, booty call. Like, he just wants sleep with Jane. I, I don't know. 
Anyway, so yeah, so we head to Jane's place, and it's totally trash. And she's just, like, sitting down by the door, like, almost going to cry. And then you just see her, like, paw prints, like, just paws, like, tick, 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 of Joe Friday, <laughs> who's like, oh, I own this place now. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so cute because it seems to me like Joe Friday, like Mara was taking care of Joe Friday while Jane was being kidnapped or something. I thought that was cute. And then Mara comes in and she gives Jane a tortoise. Oh, uh, her very own. Which we never see ever again. No, you do. It's in the background, though. Well, okay, they never reference it ever again. Yeah, we don't even know the the the, the name. Bass Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, according to Twitter, according to the Jane Twitter... It's Watson. Watson? Yeah. <laughs> As in Dr. Watson? No, I'm thinking like Sherlock Holmes and Watson, right? Yeah, he was, his name was Dr. John Watson. Yeah, I totally knew that. Sorry. Anyway, no, I'm joking. I, did that. <laughs> I just call him Watson. Anyway, so Mara wants to help Jane clean up. And Jane's like, all right, I'll give you some work clothes. And Mara's like, these are my work clothes. <laughs> and she does this little shake. And it was so cute. And then... Jane's like, okay, whatever. And then this part, like, Jane, Mar walks up to Jane, and then she says it, this line in a very sexual way. She's like, where do you want me to start? I kid you not. I kid you not. The way she said that, I was like, what is going on? I don't remember that. Y- yes. Like, she's like, where do you want me to start? And then they start looking around, and that's when Jane's like, no, we're just going to go out instead. <laughs> she didn't trust herself to be alone with Mara. And Mar- Mara's like, what do you mean? We- why do you want to go out? And she's like, well, we've always said we want to do something outside of work. So, once again, I still don't understand what their friendship is doing. So I'm so this is making me think this is the first time they've gone out. It's not work related. Yeah, it's like, OK, so they're referring to each other as best friends in the bedroom scene. But then all of a sudden, they've never hung out outside of work? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't understand. It's like they go back and forth. So, Mara's like, well, are you going to change? And Jane's like, these are my going out clothes. And so they leave. And then (laughs) Jane opens the door. (laughs) It's like, come on. And Joe Friday tags along. (laughs) And that's the end of the pilot. Unlike our season two recaps when we were discussing our favorite moments between four characters of the show, and our season one recaps what we're going to talk about is our initial reactions when we were watching the show two years ago and how we feel about it and the differences between season one and season two. So Amanda, what was your first impression of the episode? Like, what was your first, like... My first first? Like... Yes. My virgin thought about the episode? Go back in July 2010. Um, when you my were 12. first thought about the episode was, um, not the greatest episode in Rizzoli and Isle's history. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest episode, but it was the first episode, and it actually did a good job in highlighting Angie Harmon and Sasha Alexander's chemistry, on-screen chemistry, so. And I thought they were funny, so they were the ones that brought me back to the show. Not necessarily, not necessarily the show itself. I mean, I thought it was interesting with the whole Hoyt aspect of it um the drama was i thought that was pretty good but it was in the end it was sasha and angie that i came back for me it was just crap i saw the whole episode i gotta watch the next two (laughs) well you thought the whole three episodes try thing if i don't like an episode or if i don't like it no i'll just be like meh okay whatever (laughs) and move on to something else well for me it's like every show i really do i the pilot i'm like uh 
And so if that was the case, if I did that, I would not watch television. Like, there would not be, I would not watch anything. Um, See, characters have to draw you in. If a character doesn't draw me in, it doesn't matter how many episodes it, I watch, I'm still not going to want to watch the show. Well, I, I'm just weird. <laughs> yeah, you are weird. I'm just weird. And so it took the characters, drew me in, I guess, like, the second or whatever. Because Mara was different. Like, Pilot Mara is not the same Mara in season, the rest no. of season one and season two. Pilot Mara is not as clinical and <laughs> textbooky as um, she is now. She's gotten even more Wikipedia yeah. than she was in the first episode, yeah. She's not, like, the first episode, she she didn't say, like, this study or this thing. or it, They rarely show the morgue. And she was, like, very quiet. She wasn't as quirky or funny. Mm-hmm. She even looked different. Like, it was just... Her hair. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said that because I was like, I was right. Her hair gets bigger throughout the season as it goes. And her longer. Her hair is actually kind of normal sized in the pilot episode. Watch, just watch. It will get bigger and she will be able to hide multiple moras in that hair. <laughs> I am just saying, I watched it. I started watching it. I was like, oh, I totally call that. And Jay totally owes me because... You made it sound like I was being retarded. And I was <laughs> it's not much bigger. It's just longer. No, like, it's, no, no, no. Like the first yeah, time yeah. you see her, it's like short. It's shorter, but it's also, it's not, the volume isn't quite as big. Here we go again. Same for <laughs> okay. Jane then. If you think about that, Jane's hair in season two was way different from season one hair. Well, season one hair, she wore it back the entire time. I don't think she ever wore it down in season one, did she? Yeah. Yes. But, like, season two is, like, longer and curlier and, yeah, it's, like, hair porn. It's, like, it's crazy. <laughs> I like her season two hair. It's so pretty. But you're going to talk about my Mars hair? You know what? <laughs> so, our Gator Ping rating, what is yours? Rating for this episode, I would have to say she wants me, she wants me not. Really? Why? Because, like, there's a lot of eye contact going on there's a there is definitely flirting but at the same time they you know we don't have no idea what's going on to the ride are they are they best friends are they not are they co-workers what's going on so they're still trying to figure out whether or not they're into each other okay well my rating i put just friends because yeah there were some moments that had subtext well when they i first together saw they're in the same bed yeah but when i first saw her, i didn't I was so, I looked at it at the wrong, for the wrong reason. Like, I was looking at it at the plot and, and like, everything else I couldn't pay attention to. Like, I couldn't, I was like, this is just so lame. Like, I was like, this is just stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, I have to say just friends because I, like, they're best friends, but they're friends, but they're not friends, but they're co-workers. And, like, it was just all over the place. It's like, they're close, but they're not close. It's just, that's the thing. Well, I've never, this is the, this was the first time I've seen Sasha. And I've knew about Angie, but I haven't really seen, like, a sh- I didn't see Women's Murders Club or something like that. So, a lot of these people, it was, like, my first time watching it, and I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I was looking at too much into the crime. I wasn't paying attention to the title of the show, which is Rizzolian Isles, and is not, like, CSI Boston. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it. And it wasn't until, like, the second or third episode, I'm like, oh, don't pay attention to crime. Just pay attention. <laughs> 
<laughs> to Jane and Mara. I get it. That's silly. <laughs> so yeah. So, but it, yeah, this, this was one of my least favorites because I paid too much attention to it. If they would have kept the script like they had before they started cutting things out, it would have been amazing. It's a pilot. They have to appeal. They have to appeal to a wide audience before they can start narrowing it down. Yeah, and here's my thing: is like, did they? I don't know. If you saw this episode, would you think that they were more than friends, or would you think like something might happen between these two? No. Okay. When I first watched the episode, no, I didn't. I didn't think there was <laughs> it was gonna go in that direction. I just knew that I liked the interaction between Sasha and Angie. In I thought they were funny. They were interesting. Their characters were interesting, I should say. And so that's why I wanted to continue watching. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think there was gonna be as much subtext between the two as there has been. Right. I mean, I wasn't like, oh, this was the first episode where. Oh, I think something's going to happen. It took a while. Like, it took a while because I was like, oh, yeah. But I still thought of them as, because, well, I don't know what they were because they're friends and coworkers well, and whatever. It didn't take that long because I think, wasn't the lesbian episode, like, episode six? And uh, by then, everybody already knew. Yeah, but, like, I'm saying, like, for it wasn't the first episode. Okay. No, it wasn't the first episode. But Not for me. It wasn't that, far, that much farther in. Right. And we still didn't understand their relationship. And, like, even the bed scene... I was like, no, oh, well, they're friends. Friends do this all the time, you know? So it's not a big deal. But I guess later on, I was like, okay, they keep staring at each other. And look, I mean, they're having eye sex. I mean, you can make babies from this, you know? <laughs> that was until a couple of episodes later. But yeah, it wasn't this episode where I was like, oh, okay, you know? I was more into, I have, this is, this is just crazy. Really, you just shot them in the hands and you match? What is going on? <laughs> I know anything about the books. I think I probably would appreciate it more if I read the books. Yeah, no. To be completely honest, I'm glad I have not read the books. Nothing against Tess Garretson. I just she took these characters in a completely different direction than I would want them to go in. Yes, from what I've heard from the books, they're yeah. not. It's it's completely different from the show. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to do any spoilers for anybody that wants to read the books or is looking to read the books. I just <laughs> my my little. My little gay heart went, no. Right. So at that point, I could not, I couldn't bring myself to read them. Yeah. So if you do read the books, keep in mind they're, it's completely different from the show. Like completely different. Like completely <laughs> different. <laughs> I think the only thing is the same is their names. Other than that, completely different to the point where like you can't even recognize either so that's all i'm gonna say about that so i think that's i think that's it that is all for this episode if you have any comments feel free to email us at the resolian isles podcast at gmail.com you can also visit our blog at the resolian isles podcast.blogspot.com if you would like to subscribe to us on itunes just search the resolian isles podcast and it'll be in the podcast section thank you for listening and this case is closed Corsac was very two-dimensional in this first episode. We don't really get to know him until later on.
You mean like one dimensional? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one dimensional. He was, he was, he had a personality, so we didn't really get to know him much. <laughs> he was one dimensional. I was thinking at 2D, flat, uh, anyway. Of course it's in 2D. The Brazilian Health Pilot in 3D. You <laughs> see, just like Joe Friday, just like, bump coming out of the screen. Uh, British strawberries. 